0: Hi, I'm Jeffrey, and welcome back to Nightfall's. Come, settle in for tonight's soothing bedtime story. As always, don't worry if you fall asleep before the end. You can drift off whenever you're ready. Come. Relax by the fireside tonight, as you're transported to a tiny kingdom brimming with life. Between two blades of grass, the kingdom of Andalusia thrives, its cautious occupants born of the sun itself. Tonight's tale sees one Andala learn to dance under the light of the moon, and fall in love with a fairy that draws his power from the night sky itself. Before we begin, here's a quick word from our valued sponsors, who make this free content possible. in just two tabs on both Apple Podcasts or via the Supercast link found in the show notes for all other podcast players. Your sleep will thank you for it. And so will I. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Long ago, there was a kingdom by the side of a sparkling blue lake. The kingdom was tiny, minuscule. All the inhabitants were the size of mice, and they rode around on the backs of the birds to fly to visit friends in faraway kingdoms. This tiny kingdom was called the Kingdom of Andalusi. And all the tiny people lived in tiny cottages, made of sticks that had fallen from the enormous, towering trees above. And the crackled leaves that fell in the autumn made their roofs. They used the silky petals of the daisies in the field as their curtains, and they used acorns as their doors, rolling them to the side like boulders to enter and leave. The inhabitants of the Kingdom of Andalusia were called Andalas, and they are most peculiar-looking. Their skin is purple, and in the sun they glow with a shimmery haze, as if they are being absorbed by the sun itself. Some say that this is true. They say that andalas fell from the sun itself on one very hot day many moons ago. The sun blazed so brightly that day that it shone for forty-eight hours. Nighttime never came. And during that day of the blazing sun, thousands of particles fell from the sun to the earth in a shimmering shower of sunbeams, and made landfall on several continents, whereupon they transformed into the Andalas, and their life on earth began. It is for this reason that each year you see the birds migrate south during the winter. It is the Andalas riding upon their backs to reach their distant friends and family in faraway regions of the world. The Andalas are peaceful creatures. They are kind and virtuous and take care of the small animals of the earth that everyone forgets about. They tend to the flowers in spring and use their magical energy from the sun to help the flowers grow. An Andala only has to touch a flower stem once for it to begin sprouting beautiful blossoms. The Andalas cannot fly, but when the sun is shining and their skin is glowing, they hover above the ground. The brighter the sun, the faster they go. And Boy, do they have a lot of fun when they do. The children zoom around through the blades of grass in the fields beyond the lake. Even the adults zip around without a care in the world. The only things that the Andalas shy away from are water and the coming of night. After all, they're made from sunbeams so they would surely melt away if they touched water. And as for night, well, when you're made from the sun, you rely on the sun. The Andalas need their mother sun to thrive and give them energy. When nightfall comes, they grow very, very sleepy, forcing them to hibernate until the sun returns once more. As their mother sleeps, so do they. In the peaceful kingdom of Andalusia, there is no king or queen. A fair and diplomatic council make decisions for the good of the tribe. They have never had much trouble to deal with, aside from the odd trifling from the water nymphs and the dramas of the nearby fairy kingdom. The fairies were often causing mischief and pranking the Andalusis. One time, a fairy princess ran away from home and hid in the closet of an unassuming Andala family. The princess had been hiding there for three days when they finally discovered her, and the only reason they caught her was because she stole some biscuits, leaving a trail of crumbs up to the closet door. She was swiftly delivered back to her royal parents and scolded accordingly. But, other than dealing with their mischievous neighbours, The Kingdom of Andalusia was a very calm and content place to live. On a particularly warm summer's day, a young Andala called Nessa was gliding through the blades of grass by the great ancient oak tree. The ancient tree was said to be thousands of years old, and allegedly had been planted the same day as the original tribe of Andalus came to earth. The ancient tree had sprouted and grown over the thousands of years alongside the Kingdom of Andalusia, and the tree held a particular wisdom to it that calmed the tribe. All of their council meetings were held beneath the great oak, as they believed that the ancient tree would watch over them and guide them in making the right decisions. As young Nessa made it to the tree, she stood at the base of the trunk and gazed longingly up at the branches. Now, to Andala, looking up at the top of the great ancient tree, would be like a human trying to spot the top of Mount Everest. If only she could fly up to the top of the tree on her own! What an amazing feeling that would be! As Nessa's eyes tried to make out the top of the tree, she noticed a fluttering motion on one of the branches. It looked like a pair of wings. But they were far too small to be a bird. Squinting her eyes, she tried to spot what made the movement, but she couldn't see anything at all. Assuming that her eyes had deceived her, she regathered her thoughts and started looking up to the top of the tree again. As soon as her mind wandered, she heard a fluttering sound and her eyes darted back to the tree branch where she had seen the movement before. Staring down at her from the tree branch were a pair of big, green, glittering eyes. They were so piercing in colour that they undeniably belonged to a fairy. All fairies of huge green eyes the color of emeralds, and they can see for miles away. Psst! The pair of green eyes whispered to her. Come up here. I have something I need to show you. Ness's heart began to flutter. Fairies were known for being mischievous, and it was very odd that a fairy should be beckoning her from up in the top of the ancient tree. "'I can't get up to you,' she called up to the tree branch. "'Call one of the birds to fly you up here,' the green-eyed fairy suggested persistently. "'Why would I do that?' "'How do I know that you're not playing a trick on me?' she replied defiantly. "'I'm not playing a trick on you,' Please come up here. I have found something amazing. And I can't show anyone else, the fairy implored. Nessa looked around her. She couldn't see any other sets of eyes watching her. Whistling for a nearby bluebird, Nessa climbed on its back and flew up the tree branch, where the pair of green eyes had called her from. the bird's feet planted down on the branch. She saw who the emerald eyes belonged to. They belonged to a male fairy. He had long, bright red hair, tied back in a low ponytail, skin as white as snow, and large purple glittering wings, the same shade as her skin. He was very handsome, but all fairies are known for being deceptively beautiful. That's why they get away with so much mischief. She felt herself glowing with embarrassment as she admired his beauty and charm. So what do you need to show me? Nessa said, keeping one hand on the bluebird so that it wouldn't fly away and leave her. I've discovered a nearby kingdom that I have never seen before, nor ever heard of. I was wondering if you, by chance, could identify it, said the handsome fairy. Why would I know? Nessa replied sceptically. Because I know that us fairies have never spoken of this strange place Perhaps you and Dallas have. Will you come with me to see? It is across the other side of the lake. Nessa had never been across the lake. They had always been advised to stay close to their kingdom. But she couldn't help feeling intrigued by this fairy's odd request. She had always longed to go on an adventure. Okay, I will go with you, but I'll fly alongside you on my bird, in case you are tricking me, she reluctantly agreed. The handsome fairy looked her in the eyes and replied solemnly, I promise I will never trick you. Nessa regarded the fairy's calm and confident demeanour. If this was a trick, then he was a very good actor. And fairies were not known for being good actors. Quite the opposite, actually. Climbing back on top of the bird, she followed the red-headed fairy. He guided her over fields, through the trees, across the lake, and above another field this field was a bright sunny yellow rather than green. Eventually she saw in the distance what the fairy must have been talking about. A giant city loomed nearer with each beat of the bird's wings. The buildings were bigger than anything she had ever seen, even bigger than the great ancient oak tree. The buildings weren't made from mud and sticks, but from what looked like giant rocks. Smoke billowed from the tops of them, yet there appeared to be no fire. In between the buildings were what appeared to be hundreds of giant fairies without wings. They walked on the ground, speaking to one another in a foreign language, and instead of riding birds, they rode around in wooden carts, pulled by huge, four-legged creatures with long hair. She had never seen anything like it at all, but it was fascinating. After a while of exploring this newfound kingdom, the male fairy beckoned Nessa over to perch on the top of one of the buildings, Have you ever heard of this place before? He implored breathlessly. I have not, she replied. But it's incredible, isn't it? The pair sat for a while on top of the roof of the building, watching the strange inhabitants of this new kingdom and coming up with names for their discovery. Names such as Earth Fairies, Wingless wonders and stone giants were thrown around, but they didn't think any of them were quite right. Nessa found herself having such a good time that she almost didn't notice the sun beginning to set. Bidding her new friend farewell, she flew away from the newly discovered kingdom and back home before nightfall came. The next day was a particularly hot day. The sun seemed to be getting warmer with each passing day of summer. As Nessa hovered through the blades of grass, she spotted a familiar figure sitting on the tip of a daisy petal. It was the red-headed fairy from the day before. Excited, she zoomed towards him and beckoned up to him from the ground. Hello, have you found anything else wonderful to show me today? The beautiful fairy looked down at her and waved with a cheeky smile on his face. As a matter of fact, I have seen something pretty wonderful. Without sparing a second, he swooped down from the petal, and linked his arms under her shoulders, lifting her up off the ground. Together, they rose up into the air and glided above the tall grass. So this is what it felt like to fly, Nessa liked it. She could see her mother sun beating down brightly in the distance, smiling down upon them both. It is so unfair that fairies can enjoy both the daytime and nighttime, but us and Dallas can only enjoy the sun. What I would give to know what it is like to dance in the dark, Nessa declared as they flew. Well, maybe tonight you could find out, the fairy teased. No, no, Nessa laughed, shaking her head. I think yesterday's discovery was enough of an adventure for me, and we get so very, very sleepy as the sun begins to set. That day, the charming fairy took Nessa to an area where giant furry creatures roamed amongst the blades of grass. They were gentle giants with long brown fur huge horns on their head, and some of them even hid golden treasures in their noses. The creatures barely paid Nessa and her fairy friend any attention as they giddily rode on their backs through the fields, chased each other around their horns, and petted their young. The pair had a joyous time, and Nessa began to realize why the fairies enjoyed making mischief so much. It really was rather fun. When the day came to an end, she was very disappointed to return to the Kingdom of Andalusia, as her new friend flew off to join his people for a night of dancing and festivities. As each day of summer passed, the sun seemed to be growing warmer and the days longer. The sun blazed with magnificent beams for a full fifteen hours a day, and Nessa had never felt more full of a zest for life. The Andalas rejoiced at the gift that their mother-son was granting them and held parties until late in the day. Nessa longed to dance until the sun went down, but the rest of her tribe retired to bed long before the sun began to dim. Strangely, Nessa felt a longing for the night that she never had before. Perhaps it was the influence of her new friend or maybe it was something else. Nessa and the fairy grew closer with each passing day. They would share stories of their kingdoms and traditions and their childhood mishaps. Notably, he had many more mishaps than she did, as was to be expected of a young fairy. The Andalas were known for being a lot more sensible. Nessa began to grow sad that their friendship may end once summer was over, and she wouldn't get to see her fairy friend again for many long months. The end of summer drew near, and the Andalas had begun preparations for the short winter days that were to come. The Andalus hibernated throughout the winter, only daring to venture outside on occasion for a few hours a day when the sun was high in the sky. Nessa knew that her time with her fairy friend would soon come to an end. So, on one particular day that they spent adventuring together, she threw caution to the wind and decided to enjoy every moment possible. They'd spent the day down by the lake, bathing in the sun, watching the tadpoles dash through the water and laughing and reminiscing about the amazing summer they had spent together. Nessa laid down on the bank and turned to the fairy and confessed wistfully, I don't want today to end." He laid down next to her, looked at her with his glistening green eyes, and replied, "It doesn't have to. Why don't you stay out with me? You have always said that you want to know what wonders the night can bring. Why don't you find out tonight? Nessa felt her eyes growing weary as she relaxed by the side of the lake. But Anandala has never stayed out in the dark. What if something bad happens? She yawned. I would never let anything bad happen to you, he whispered as her eyes grew heavy and closed as she drifted into a deep slumber. When Nessa finally opened her eyes again, she was met by darkness. She was wrapped in a leafy blanket to keep her warm, but she wasn't in her usual bed. She sat up sharply to realize she had fallen asleep by the side of the lake. Before she could grow worried, she saw a sparkling pair of emerald-green eyes smiling down at her. Her fairy friend was bathed in a silvery-white light, and his purple wings were glistening. He extended a hand to her and smiled. May I have this dance? She took his hand and was instantly swept up into his arms as he twirled her around above the shimmering lake. There was so much that was out of her comfort zone, outside at night and hovering above water, but she felt totally safe in his arms. What is that? she asked, gazing up at the sky in awe. The silvery light was beaming down from a giant white ball, replacing the sun's usual resting place. That is our mother, the moon. She provides light in the darkness for us and grants us our magic, he answered, holding her close. She's beautiful, Nessa cried, feeling happier than she ever had there was nothing to be afraid of about the night. Whilst she felt sleepy, she felt safe and warm in his arms, bathed in beams of moonlight. Nessa and the fairy smiled at each other delightedly. Thank you, Nessa grinned contentedly. Thank you for the best summer of my life. The friends embraced and looked up at the dazzling moon. Suddenly, Nessa made a realization. I'm so sorry. I never even asked your name. Nessa realized sheepishly. Her purple cheeks blushed a rosy pink. The handsome fairy smiled. My name is Prince Jericho of the Fielding Fairies. Nessa's jaw dropped. She had been frolicking with the Prince of the Fairies this entire time, and she hadn't even known. She didn't know what to say, but she didn't have to. Prince Jericho laughed at her stunned silence and softly lowered them both back down to the bank of the lake. I never want to go another day or night without you by my side, Nessa of the Andalas. Will you be my queen? Feeling like she could burst with joy, Nessa threw her arms around his neck. And held him tightly. Now their summer would never come to an end. And so, Prince Jericho returned to the Fairy Kingdom with Nessa by his side. Nessa informed the Kingdom of Andalusi of her time under the light of the moon, and with time and a touch of bravery The Andalas began to venture out during the night, never fearing nightfall again. Nessa and Prince Jericho married on a warm autumn day beneath the branches of the ancient oak tree, and both the Andalas and the fairies rejoiced at the joining of their kingdoms. Prince Jericho ruled justly and fairly for the rest of his days, with Nessa by his side, under the protection of the sun and under the light of the moon.